Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Voice of Reason Radio. Your host, Chris Honholtz and Richard Story, joining you on this April 18th of 2020. Uh, thank you, thank you for uh, giving us a week off last week. Uh, typically, we would not not have a program, but it was Easter, and we wanted you guys not to listen to our voices, but, well, in whatever capacity you could, to listen to the voices of your pastors, listen, uh, be a... Uh, uh, be with your families, think about the resurrection of Christ, think about what it meant. And so we gave you a break. <laughs> we wanted to we wanted to let you guys have that off and how in in the chaos of the the world that we now currently live in in our well as somebody everybody keeps saying our new normal. I don't know if I I like that phrase these days, but <laughs> maybe just focusing on Christ, focus focusing on his work and his resurrection. So we just wanted to give that to you that was uh our gift to you, so to speak, one week not having to listen to us. So uh, we thank you for uh, coming back and being with us this week. Uh, Brother Rich, how you doing, my friend? As always, my friend, I'm better off than I deserve. I, Amen. I can't say I've had a bad week. I can't say that I've had a really good week. <laughs> I'm just very, very, very thankful to have my motorized recliner working once again. And <laughs> that in itself has been a relief. Um, you know, I'm in, in today's, as you said, new normal, you know, I, today is Saturday, so it's about time for my weekly hair brushing and getting close <laughs> for my monthly time for my monthly shave. So um, <laughs> I'm sure some of you <laughs> can relate that <laughs> been, you know, isolated and working from home and limiting yourself from getting out and about. Um, there's been amidst the chaos i've seen some really 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 humorous postings um you know on facebook and twitter about you know please put on your robe when you go to the mailbox <laughs> and some various various things i i think by far um it seems like a lot of us have gotten really really laxed in our appearance and <laughs> you know the the joke about okay it's time to get out of my nighttime pajamas and put on my daytime pajamas um, i know that a lot of people are joking but i know for a fact some of you are not joking that that is actually the way that you've been handling each day but yeah that is just, true <laughs> just just hang in there and and keep praying and you know by the will of the lord things will get back to some form of normalcy in the near future we can only pray we can only pray that will be the case yeah i've heard some of the stories too i i did notice because we we asked our listeners if they wanted to hear some of our favorite you know internet related um stories <laughs> regarding the world as it is right now and not a single one of them wrote back so i think they're <laughs> tired of it too so we will honor that request and we will not we will not discuss COVID nineteen coronavirus uh, shelters in place or any of that tonight. We're not we're not gonna talk about any of those topics. So that's that's another gift to you guys. We're not going over that tonight. <laughs> uh so brother there there is one thing we do have to announce though. And what might that be? So Voice of Reason Radio is now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that 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 thing. Something kind of. Yeah, that thing that you know we did a thing. Yeah, we did a thing, and and if and if we don't say we did a thing, well, I know Andrew's going to get a little hurt. So, 
So we've, we've got to talk about the thing. So uh, Andrew will probably eventually put it on his program because, well, to be quite honest, we nearly put him in, in the hospital when we came to him. Uh, in fact, he tried to pretend we did. It, that wasn't nice, Andrew. Um, <laughs> but uh, a few weeks back, Rich and I, we had been kicking around this um, idea that Andrew had come to us with, well, really, about a year ago. And that was when they created, uh, had created Christian Podcast Community, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, under the umbrella of uh, Andrew Rappaport's Striving for Eternity ministry. And Christian Podcast Community is basically um, a community of podcasters who come together. And uh, by the way, to get into Christian Podcast Community, you can't just claim you're a Christian. There's an actual process and and believe it or not andrew put us through the process um, but if you go to the christian podcast community and you find podcasts on there fairly good bet that the stuff that you're going to come across is solid you know i can't say speak for every program but i know andrew i know colleen sharp and all, and the gang and they are not going to let junk through so there's some really good shows in there, and uh, you would do well to spend your time perusing the shows that are available. <clears throat> but when Andrew first put this together some time ago, he had approached us about it and asked us to consider it. And Well, quite honestly, we said, yeah, we'll think about it, and then we didn't because <laughs> we were just still trying to figure out what we were doing. And, um, well, finally, we, we got the burr in our saddle to uh, this year submit a request to join the Christian podcast community. And uh, if, you, if you go to the website, and we'll, and we'll give you the link in the show notes, you'll actually see that Voice of Reason Radio now is an affiliate member of the Christian podcast community. And so uh, we've joined forces with a lot of other good, solid Christians and in our hope to just make a central place that Christians can go to find good content. Because... There's no end of bad, bad content out there. <laughs> so we wanted to become part of that. It's a, a platform for uh, Christians to, you know, not only just promote their show, but to actually cro uh, cross promote other programs. And you know, we 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 have no problems doing that here. We've talked about a myriad of other programs uh, on. On this show, we are more than happy to share a good program when we come across it, and you can find some good ones on Christian Podcast Community. But we are now an affiliate member of that, and what that means is we are still hosting through our Podbean account, and uh, rather than hosting directly on Christian Podcast Community, that's where the affiliate uh, affiliate title comes in. Uh, maybe one day that'll change. I don't know, um, but for right now, because we know what we're doing with what we have. We're just not messing with it. <laughs> no, no offense, Andrew. No offense. We're just going to work with what we have because we know how to use it. Um, but yeah, so we are now a part of that. And we want to thank Andrew and Colleen and James Watkins and all the gang over there for, uh, for allowing us to join and be part of that. Uh, we look forward to working with them and working with the other shows that are out there. And uh, just being able to help cross-promote uh, other uh, Christian programs. Thank you for letting us be part of it. And one of the encouraging things that Rich and I actually said when we went through the process of joining is, you know, this there was no pushing us through just because we knew Andrew. Um, 
which and and, and I'm saying this in all seriousness because you know we're friends with Andrew. Um, no, Andrew, I'm not joking with you. Okay, we said you're friends. Relax. <laughs> but um, we're friends with him. We've known him for years. You know, it would be really easy for someone to say, "Well, because you know him, that's how you got in the door." No, we actually had to submit the application, and there were lots of blocks to fill on that application. <laughs> um, we had to, you know, we had to be in uh, in uh, agreement with their statement of faith. We had to go through an interview process. Um, we had to, they actually had to put our show out there to the other folks and just say, Hey, does anybody have any heartburn with this? Listen to some of the episodes, make sure that you're, you you know, that you think these guys aren't heretics or something. We, that they went through that entire process with us just so there was no favoritism. There was no, uh, you know, Hey, we know you guys will let you slide in. Nothing like that. You know, they're, they do this with everybody. So, uh, like I said, you can go to that uh, Christian podcast community. We will put the show, uh, the link in the show notes. Uh, and I think you'll be blessed. You'll find a lot of good content on there. It's, uh, if you just, it, in fact, I'll tell you, it's podcasts.strivingforeternity.org. That's what, that's the, uh, the actual, uh, the website. And then, you know, we, uh, our show is linked in there and it has its own page with, uh, all our most recent programs the ability to subscribe through whatever means uh, that we have available on there. Uh, link to the website. There's even a, a send us a message function on there, which probably works better than the one on our website because I still haven't figured out how to make that go to our email. So, <laughs> so one of these days I will get around to that. But uh, it's it's a real pleasure to be part of that. It's a real pleasure to be working with other Christians who are have the same mind that we have in this program, which is to to edify the saints, to build up uh, you know uh, people's desire to read the Word of God, to evangelize, to grow in the, uh, their theological knowledge, and so forth. So, uh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Colleen and James. All uh, um, uh, James White, not that James White, another James White. Um, <laughs> all you guys really appreciate you letting us be part of this and bringing us on board. And we hope this is a, a start of many good things to come. So this is, which is actually, Rich, it's kind of funny. We're, we're, we're nine days away, 11 days, sorry, not nine, 11 days away from our four-year anniversary as a podcast. And this is now our first podcast as an affiliate member of Christian Podcast Community. So you know, April's going to be full of things to remember. <laughs> well, I almost said, I started to say, well, this could be our anniversary show, but if it's still that far out, I would then say next recording will be our, our anniversary show. But um, I just like to echo everything that you said, and, and we are very appreciative to the Christian podcast community to allowing us to join and come alongside several, several, I'm not real sure how many podcasts are part of it. Um, I'm thinking, is it like 25, uh, 20, 25? You're going to make may not be quite here. that many. See, but there's a lot. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but we, we are blessed to be part of it. And my hope and prayer is by allowing you and I into the group, we don't drag the group down into the, <laughs> mud and you know just by letting us in they're they're 
credibility may have dropped by <laughs> a few feet. Um, and poor Justin Peters, I feel sorry for him because now at times our names are listed right alongside <laughs> his. And, um, I apologize, Justin. I, I hope it doesn't doesn't cause you problems within your own ministry <laughs> well let's hope not you know but you know i i did tell andrew that because he was he was wondering why you know when he announced it he's like you know via his social media what were we thinking and i said i do believe you have a case for temporary insanity um but then it's andrew so it might not just be temporary so but <laughs> But uh, doing a quick count, it looks like 24, 25. Well, okay, there are 25 listed, but Andrew gets double billing because he has a weekly and a, ra- and a daily. I'm sorry, Andrew, I'm counting one. <laughs> so that would make it, uh, that makes 24 actual uh, programs. And let me let me just read some of these off. Uh, there's Didache with Justin Peters, which I think still only has its introductory one. Because one of these days, Justin... Oh, no, 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 I was wrong, I was wrong. He's finally recording. He's got like six six different uh, things on here. So, uh, up through October, Justin, Justin, you got to do some more recording. Um, but, uh, dedicate with Justin Peters, Theology Gals with Colleen Sharp, Rachel Miller, Th- Theology Throwdown, Apologize... Okay, Andrew, four of these are yours. Okay, no, no, no. You get, you, you, you're, you're getting, you, you, that's not fair. You got four. Um, prescribed Truth uh, with Jamal Bandy, Romans Road with Eddie Roman. Uh, okay, five, Andrew, five. So you want to be a con- podcaster with Andrew Rappaport and Colleen Sharp, Two Guys in a Bible, Everyday Ministry Podcast, Five Solo Podcast. Uh, there's a lot here, guys. There's a lot of good content in Oh, hey, look, there's Voice of Reason Radio. Woo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> Echo Zoe Radio with Andy Olson. It's a monthly podcast, which I, I have been uh, a guest on there twice now, I believe. Rich, have you been on with Andy yet? Uh, no, I've not been on with Andy. Andy, with... you need to fix that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get my buddy on there. Uh, Revived Thoughts. I think that was the one that was actually the podcast winner or podcast of the year. We got pod- best podcast episode. They got best podcast. Now, mind you, I will tell you right now, they didn't just pick people that host with them or might have hosted with them. The, the if you listen to the, uh, the 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 award show, which they actually have a link for, there were a lot of shows that were nominated that had nothing to do uh, with being on Christian podcast community. Just, so don't think that you know us getting picked was what got us on there. Or that the guy who won the uh, the uh, it was to- Troy Frazier and Joel Joel Bur- Bur- oh my goodness Burtis Joel I'm sorry if I butchered your name I probably did uh, but that has nothing to do with it it actually has to do with the content and so there's a lot of good programs on there I definitely would encourage you to go check it out um, but again we're just we're, we're grateful it, it's an opportunity to be part of another platform. Uh, the numbers is all in God's hands. We don't worry about numbers. Um, sometimes it's nice to see bumps, but that's that's God's doing. It's it has nothing to. Uh, uh, that's not what we do any of this for. But it's another platform. It's another opportunity to be reaching Christians with the Word of God, encouraging them to to dig into the Word, to go uh, and and live their lives in such a way as to glorify God. So that's why we did it. That's why we're we're grateful to be part of it. And so thank you, Andrew. Thank you guys. Uh, for letting us join on board. So, Rich, any thoughts uh, that you want to share? Any wits of uh, pearls of wisdom you'd like to share with the 
our, our, our listeners before we dive in? Well, just nothing like throwing me right on the bus there wanting uh, you know what? wisdom. You, hey, um, you, you do that to me a lot, so i got to repay the favor once in a while. <laughs> well, I, I would like to say thank you, a, a huge, huge, huge thank you to my partner, Chris Honholtz, because <laughs> during the course of this application process, you did all the heavy lifting, you do all the hard technical work, when it comes to uploading the podcast and doing the recordings and everything else, I'm just kind of the sound. I don't even know what kind of guy <laughs> I am. I just kind of help help come up with some ideas and uh, you know a way to bounce back some thoughts and whatnot. But you do ninety percent of the of the work when it comes to this show, and I just want to thank you, brother. And I do sincerely appreciate all that you do for our little program and. Um, I thank the Lord for you. And as far as any words of wisdom, about the only thing that comes to mind at the moment is don't spit against the wind. <laughs> especially especially in this day and age, you'll probably go to jail for it. So <laughs> This is true. Oh, Any spitting um, will probably take you to jail, so don't spit at all, actually. <laughs> all joking aside, I would ask everyone that listens to could please continue to pray for the southern states, especially the ones that were affected by last week's tornadoes, um, the they recorded the one that came through South Mississippi. They recorded it. It is the third largest in U.S. history and the largest in the history of the state of Mississippi. At one point, the tornado was up to two and a half miles wide, wow. and it ended up being classified as an E4 and parts of the path of the tornado are actually visible from space via satellite with the, you, you look at the picture and you see light green and there's a little tiny vein of white. That's where the tornado came through and just completely demolished trees and, and parts of a forest. And their total throughout the southeast during the Easter tornado outbreak, I think last count there was like, 36 confirmed dead because of oh my. those tornadoes. And at one point, because of the actual tornado and the weird weird wind front we had come through later that night in North Mississippi, at one point it was like, I think they estimated 30% of the state's population was without power. So oh it, it not only did the tornado itself, you know, do major, major damage. But later that evening when uh, the backside of the front came through and it was just basically a gale force winds coming through, straight line winds that just wreaked havoc on trees and power lines. Um, it was it was a very long Easter, to, to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I just asked our listeners to continue praying for those affected. And, and by the time you listen to this, tomorrow's, on Sunday's weather outbreak will have passed more than likely, but um, last Sunday we had that, and they're calling for another round of potentially severe weather in South Mississippi again for tomorrow's Sunday. So um, the same areas that were affected last week potentially could be looking at some another round of F3, F2 type tornadoes again this Sunday so but um, that's 
weather in the state of Mississippi for you. <laughs> we don't have spring. We have tornado season. Yeah, it's it's almost as if, you know, 2020 kind of said to every preceding year, here, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, it just, it's it's been crazy, uh, the amount of stuff. And it's, I think, to a certain extent, very easy to forget, given our current state of affairs, that there are still other issues going on in the world in the world around us, whether it's uh, whether it's things like disease or earthquakes or you know tornadoes or hurricanes. Um, we we need to remember that you know in, in all of these things God is in control. None of it is something that's caught him by surprise. He is fully aware and has plan. Uh, pl- this is part of his eternal plan. He's willed it. He's allowed it. Whatever for his purposes. And for his glory, and you know, he uh, there is glory, whether we realize it or not, in all of these things for God. And so we just need to pray, as Rich said, continue to pray for those affected. Pray that God's hand would be upon the weather, that it would limit, uh, that He would limit the damage, uh, limit the, the issues, and limit the the uh, the effect on people's lives. Uh, and just in all things, be praying that right now as Christians. Really, there's not a reason for us to not have something to pray about. So we, let's let's be busy about that, and let's go ahead and be praying and uh, helping wherever we can. And as we talked about in the last recording that we did, which is two weeks ago, uh, this is the time. To, more, if, if there's ever been a time, more than ever, this time uh, be busy about sharing the gospel. So let's let's divert from what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Well, go ahead, brother. Let me let me ask you a question. Okay. You, you you were about to squash my transition. <laughs> See, you don't warn me. I, I've got to get. <laughs> well, it, it just kind of popped into my head. You know that that's my little thing. One of my little small parts of the show is the transition. So, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Okay. Whether it's weather, disease, politics, no matter what, as Christians. Should we have a different approach when it comes to addressing the issues of our times versus the world, versus the unsaved, versus the walking in sin type person? Is Should we have a different way of approaching and examining what's going on in our world, even something like the weather or television, no matter what the topic, should we be approaching it in a way that is different from, you know, Tom, you know, Joe Blow up the road. Should, you know, is there, is there, is there a way, is there a means, is there something we should be doing different than the world when it comes to the way we view, approach, and examine these issues? Yeah, no, absolutely. And if anybody was listening, Rich just gave it. It's our worldview, uh, how we view the world. As Christians, we should have a unique worldview compared to the rest of the world. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. How we look at the world, how we look at issues in life, how we process, how we make decisions, how we do whatever it is we do should be through a specific lens as Christians, and it should be different from the world around us. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is, you know, having a biblical worldview as opposed to whatever worldview the rest of the world has. And there's a myriad of forms of it, but let me just tip my hand right now. There are really two 
types of worldviews. There's the biblical worldview, which is the worldview which is based on the Word of God and His revelation. And then there is man's worldview, which may take a million different forms and have a different, a whole bunch of different sociological titles, but it boils down to it is the worldview of man. So, yeah, Rich, we, defi- we definitely need to have a worldview to address uh, the world around us. Before we get too far, I wanted to point out the name of our show is Voice of Reason Radio, and we encourage the listeners to examine everything through the lens of Scripture. So really and truly, the basis of our show itself is having a biblical worldview, and that's one thing that we've prayed and hopefully have accomplished at times, is to encourage those that listen to examine the culture, to examine what's going on around, around us through the lens of Scripture. And when we talk about the lens of Scripture, we're talking about a biblical worldview. Amen. Amen. Hopefully, in the last four years, we've come to at least close to talking about that. Uh, if we haven't, we need to, to hang up a placard and say, closed, gone fishing, because we're, we've, we've not done what we were supposed to do. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely need to do that. No, I don't think most of us... You know, you, you say the word worldview, and, and when Rich proposed this to me, it was like, there was a moment's hesitation where I'm like, okay, I know what it means to have a biblical worldview, but how do I explain this? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like one of those words when you use it in a sentence, and you know you know what it means, but then someone calls you on it and says, well, what does that word mean? And you go, that momentary hiccup. That was kind of the premise of the idea was, you know, we encourage everyone to examine everything through the lens of Scripture, but how do we actually do that? Yeah. So hopefully we may be able to shed a little bit of light on that in the brief amount of time we have this evening. Well, let's start off with explaining, you know, that actual word, worldview. Uh, we were, you know, there's some great websites that share a lot of good information, and they have great biblical insight and uh, on some of them, and some of them they're just basically informational. Uh, focus on the family. One of the articles that we found with regard to that has uh, "What's a Christian Worldview?" It was written back in 2006 by Del Tackett, and in uh, in the subheading number one, "What's a Worldview?" he points it out this way: A worldview is the framework from which we view reality and make sense of life and the world. And then he quotes uh, from David Noble: "It's any ideology, philosophy, theology, movement, or religion." that provides an overarching approach to understanding God, the world, and man's relation to God in the world. And that's uh, from David Noble, uh, author of Understanding the Times. So I, I like the, the example he gives here, that uh, a two-year-old believes he's the center of his world, a secular humanist believes that material world is all that exists, and a Buddhist believes he can be, li- be liberated from suffering by self-purification. So it's a it, just a quick down-and-dirty example is, how do you look at the world around you? How do you explain it? How do you explain right and wrong? How do you, uh, you know, quantify the things that you think and what you do? How do you account for morality? How do you account for, uh, you know, whether something is objective or subjective? That's your worldview. And uh, th- this article from Focus on the Family, and and I know the numbers have changed since 2006. I mean, my goodness, this was 14 years ago. But they they had a uh, you know they had done which big surprise, Focus on the Family. They were they had drew from a survey, but it was talking about the fact that in their survey it was like some what was it nine percent 
of the people that they you know that they surveyed had a biblical worldview. I mean that's that's kind of a sad state of affairs, and obviously the numbers are probably even worse since then. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's when we're talking about a worldview, we're talking about all the premises, all the presuppositions, the 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 information that I draw from that informs how I think. None of us come into this world with a fully formed opinion of how to look at the world. We're, we're constantly developing that. And uh, one of the things that was interesting about this article was it talked about why your worldview, or why a Christian worldview can be diluted. And it talks about the fact that we are flooded every day with uh, secular thinking. And Rich, you and I have talked about on this program a, a myriad of examples of so-called Christian churches adopting the thinking of this world. And one of the biggest complaints we've always had is when you say, oh, well, for example, they've allowed homosexuality into the church. They, they celebrate it, uh, or they, they say, well, we can all agree to disagree, or whatever it is they do. We're saying What we've been saying is they're allowing the thinking of the world to infiltrate the church, which should be dominated by the Word of God. And so Christians are constantly facing this flood of information. And every day, that flood of information influences how you think. And if you don't believe that, think about your Twitter or Facebook timeline. How quickly, or, you know, Rich, how quickly do we suddenly develop an opinion on the, the way our friends are, are framing arguments? We can either you know, jump to one side of the ditch or the other and immediately take a stance because of the flood of information, right? Oh, absolutely. So we're, we're constantly receiving information. And that information is forming how I think about things. And one of the things that we've talked about, and just taking a, 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 a step to the side here, one of the things that we've tried to encourage people to do on this show is be balanced in understanding an argument. It's okay to have your own opinion about something, but to at least understand the other argument. And one of the problems is that in this day and age, there's not a lot of that going on. So we tend to be in these little echo chambers, find everybody that we agree with. That influences how you think. And you, the opinions of others will influence how you think. The constant flood of information coming from the news, coming from media, from entertainment sources, music, influences how you think. And so you can find yourself in a position where you, how you look at God, how you look at the church, how you look at right and wrong, what is sin, what is uh, good and right, how you understand the gospel, can all be influenced quite easily by the sheer amount of information that you receive. So that they, they make a very good point that we can actually find ourselves in a position where our worldview can get diluted with the multiple streams of information. So we have to remember and that. Go ahead. I noticed one thing just thinking about my own, my own Christian walk and, and from when I got truly saved until this point, and it's Interesting side note, I had to unlearn the things that I learned because everything I had learned up until that point was secular-based, whether it was school, news, books, whatever. 
And it all ran contrary to the teachings of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, um, we're taught right from wrong when we're little and growing up, but the Bible goes much farther and much deeper than that. And a lot of things that I thought was truth prior to salvation, I learned after salvation they were not true. Things such as evolution um, and, you know, moralistic type types of thinking. And, you know, I didn't understand prior to salvation that when it came to the Word of God, it works in absolute. And there's no excuse for, you know, I'm in, in, in my, my life prior to salvation, I might would tell a lie, but I would make an excuse for it. And I'd be happy and content with that excuse because, you know, we were taught from influences around us, well, it's just a little white lie. It doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way God views lying. The, it, the Bible is absolute when it comes to the issue of lying and and those type of things. And even a lot of Christians walking around today are more influenced by their environment and what they feed into their eyes and to their ears. It actually does influence the way they react and interact with those around them. And I think a lot of times it's truly at a subconscious level, they're not even aware that they're doing it. But you you brought up a good example when it comes to interacting with each other on social media. Um, more times than not, a true brother or sister in Christ that disagrees with something, say a political comment, will automatically go to that knee-jerk type response and post a reply before they stop and think about how does the Bible instruct me to interact? Mm-hmm. How does the Bible instruct me to respond to those that I disagree with? Absolutely. And I, you know, there's uh, some of these articles that we, we looked up. A couple, a couple of them are, are really good ones that come from Christian and Apologetics Research Ministry, CARM. Uh, you can find these at CARM.org, and, and we will link them in the show notes. Uh, Matt Slick makes some really good points about that, because what you're talking about, he... he in, in one article, he talks about philosophical and social questions. So how I interact with you and how I deal with something that you say, Rich, would probably be fall under a social question. So if you have a particular political view that I don't agree with, how, you know, how I answer that is going to fall under that social question. But we have to start with some basic philosophical questions about, and, and that determines uh, the basis for our worldview, and he he lists several of them here. Uh, the philosophical world questions are: Where do did we come from? So, if you have a man-centered view, a secular view, you might say we evolved. We came from, uh, you know, we went from the goo to you via the zoo, and you know we've evolved, and that's all we are, and we're going to go to dust, and that's all there is. But if you have a, a biblical worldview, you're going to say we came from God, and we are His special creation. Why are we here? Well, if, if uh, uh, you know the evolutionist worldview is true, then we're just here to eat, drink, and be merry, and tomorrow because tomorrow we die, and we're here to to spread our seed to the next generation. If there's a God, then we're here to serve Him. Another one is: Is there a God? Obviously, there's very important questions with regard to this. If there is a God, what does He want? What happens to us after we die? 
Is morality absolute or subjective? These are important foundational philosophical questions that build our worldview. If you have a man-centered worldview, you're going to have a lot of different uh, influences about how you answer those questions. You might believe there is a God, but you might think he's disconnected or he just wants you to be happy or he's okay with everything as long as you don't hurt anyone. But if you have a biblical worldview and you believe there's a God, which you should because that's what the Bible says, then you're going to look to the Word of God about who God is and why he uh, made you, what he wants from you, and what comes next. And we see that there is an absolute morality because God is a, a moral being. He, he is morality. It's not, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, the, the book None Greater by Matthew Barrett talks about the attributes as God. He is his attributes. So when we talk about morality, it wasn't a list of things that God came up with. They are things that he is. And so he is good, he is righteous, he is perfect, he is truth. That's why Jesus says, I, I said, I am the way, the truth, the life. He is, he is something. And that's how we know what is righteous and true. So how we look at those answers and how we form our understanding to even answer those uh, questions, knowing who God is, knowing that he has his attributes... We then um, understand how to answer those questions. And then that transitions into, at once I have kind of those philosophical questions answered, which it's not like, I, you know, this isn't, by the way, I'm not, you know, this isn't a, a checklist test, okay? I'm just saying, once I have that basis, then how I answer questions like, is abortion a sin? Is, uh, you know, how, do, how should I look at a particular moral issue when it comes to voting in an election, for example. How do I respond to a brother or sister who has a different understanding of an, of an issue? If my if my worldview, you know, which answers those philosophical questions, is based upon the Word of God, then I'm going to react to those questions in a certain way. Hopefully, in a biblical way. Now, Rich, you and I have talked about this kind of stuff before, but we are imperfect beings. We are fallen, and you know, even though we are new creations, we still struggle with our flesh. We still have a tendency to want to gravitate towards sin, even though we are a new creation with new desires. We're still struggling with that, so we're not always going to going to answer things the way we should, right? Oh, absolutely, and I think <clears throat> for most of us. The reason that's the case is our our own pride gets in the way of trying to apply biblical principles to issues of the world because if we're in a discussion with someone, our, our pride will jump in because we will want to be right. Mm -hmm. We want to convince them that we're right on an issue, but unless we bring the Bible into the discussion, we do not know what is definitively right or wrong. And I know that someone's going to be listening and say, well, such and such an issue is not directly talked about in the Bible, but there are biblical principles that will apply to any situation that comes along. And the way that we react to that situation or to the topic is influenced by what we have been taught. And like I said, prior to salvation, you know, we're taught 
from the world. But once we're saved, we're taught through the working of the Holy Spirit with our understanding of biblical principles and what the Bible actually says and teaches us. But sadly, in order to exercise and to apply biblical principles, guess what? We have to actually be reading and studying the Bible and not just doing a two-minute daily devotional mm-hmm. or reading. And you, you, you brought this up in pre-show. You know, we have to be doing more than just a five-minute daily devotional or just reading that one chapter or reading these two or three verses. We have to be digging in and reading and understanding what the Word of God says. And in our day and age, we're so, so blessed with so many valuable resources online when it comes to commentaries and books and, you know, study Bibles and commentary Bibles and so much that we have available to us to use as study tools that, you know, people a hundred years ago didn't have access to like we do now. I mean, they had resources, but it wasn't at their fingertip to click and bring up any time, day or night. They may have to have traveled to purchase a book if they could even find a, a book on a particular subject. So, you know, in our day and age, there's absolutely no excuse to not be utilizing resources that are available to us that God has provided for our benefit to be able to learn and study and get to know him and his word adequately so we can apply biblical principles. Because if we don't use the Bible as our source and guideline, we will have all types of, you know, outlandish views when it comes to things like you said, like homosexuality or abortion or even things like sin, or church, or evangelism, or creation, um, views of salvation. Um, you know, you look around the world, and there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of different religions, and each one teaches something different when it comes to salvation, because they're not teaching it from the Bible, they're teaching it from a man-made perspective. And of course, that's going to be different than what Thus saith the Lord actually pervades. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Uh, let, let, let's let's look to Psalm one nineteen. I, I think a lot of people will know I'm about to go. I, I was looking this one up before the show, and I think this encapsulates how we should view the Word of God and how it informs our thinking. And start uh, Psalm one nineteen verse ninety seven. The the psalmist writes. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. He's constantly in the Word, thinking about the Word, talking about the Word. It is constantly on his mind. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. God's Word you know, makes him wiser than the people he has to stand against. It, is, it informs him. It strengthens him. It increases his knowledge and his decision-making. He says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. He, you know, Looking to other people in the world, the teachers are in of the world, guess what? If you have a biblical, a solid understanding of, the, of a biblical truth, you know more than the teachers of the world. If you are keeping the precepts of God, if you've studied them and you're, you're keeping them and you're practicing them, then even though 
the most aged among us can have a lifetime of wisdom if they have not the word of God as their source, you know more. Even as a younger person will know more than to age. It doesn't mean we show them a lack of respect, by the way, but that you know from the one of, you know, the, the ancient of days of the perfect wisdom of God and you're practicing it. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I mean, this is a textbook understanding of how you develop a Christian worldview. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to, to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 104, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. You know, from verses 97 to 104, you want to talk about how you develop a biblical worldview? That's it right there. Rich, you're right. We don't just do a Joel Osteen devotional and that's enough for me to get my Bible in for today. I've checked that block. I've done my five verses or I did this chapter, um, you know, or I read that, you know, that devotional book. No, you've read and studied and lived according to, meditated on, and compared it against the world and you are practicing it, that's a biblical worldview. It is that that love for the Word of God that gives us the ability to make decisions how we live, how we respond, how we think, how we talk about certain things. It is just like the psalmist says here, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. The way you get a biblical worldview is you are in the Bible. You are studying it from cover to cover. You're comparing it, you know, this passage with that passage. You're reading in the New Testament and it's talking about something from the law. And you go back to the, you know, the Leviticus and you read that section. You understand where that comes from. You're going back and forth. You're looking at the prophecies and how they were fulfilled in Christ. And you're comparing scripture with scripture and you're learning the word of God. That's how you develop a biblical worldview. And of course, this comes with prayer. It comes with humility. It means practicing what we learn. And when the, when the world comes to us and says, you know, those were outdated, fuddy-duddy ideas. How dare you use the word of God? We look at this and we go, it is through his word that I keep my, you know, my feet from the false path. It is through his word that I stay away from every false way. That's what we need to have when it comes to having a biblical worldview, that deep dive study of his word and, you know, loving it, meditating on it, practicing it, thinking about it. That's how you get to that Christian worldview, Rich. Um, go ahead. I think you're going to say something there. Uh, brother, and, and sadly, within American evangelicalism, Christianity is confined and limited to Sunday mornings, maybe Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that that seems to be the only day of the week that they are truly, quote unquote, trying to be a Christian. But being a Christian is not going to church. Being a Christian is not okay. I read my Bible for today and check it off. Being a Christian is not just the way that you view the world. Being a Christian is defines every aspect of your life from the way that you view the world, the way that you address topics within the world, to the way that you interact with your family, your friends, your coworkers. Mm -hmm. It, the, it, 
absolutely defines your life in every aspect from whatever you consider the greatest aspect down to the most minute. And you cannot just, okay, I'm a Christian now. That's all there is. That's only the beginning. Christ died for us, but he didn't. I mean, like, like we said, we, as Christians, we struggle against sin. We don't just jump into it and embrace it and try to make excuses for our sin. But, you know, there, it is a struggle which is part of the process of sanctification and growing in maturity in Christ. And unless we're studying our Bibles and diving deep into it, we're not going to mature as Christians. And having a true biblical worldview, part of that is maturing as a Christian in your knowledge and in your understanding. But, like you said, prayer is key. But there's another aspect of prayer that I think is oftentimes neglected and maybe not even considered is praying and begging God to grant you a desire Mm -hmm. for his word, to bless you with a desire to live a life that glorifies him, to bless you with a desire to share the gospel. Um, We kind of would think sometimes, or at least some people that I've come across over the years, think, well, I'm saved, you know, that now all I need to do is just go to church ever so often, and that's it but there's more to it than that. If you're truly saved, if you're truly following Christ, you're going to want to to reach out and share your love, share what you've learned, and be encouraging your brothers and sisters around you. And sadly, in today's day and age, even some solid brothers and sisters in Christ, more times than not, they're just looking for an argument or debate to jump in the midst of. But, you know, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to, to love our wives as Christ loves the church. But sadly, you know, in our flesh, we can't do that. It's only through the inworkings of the Holy Spirit that we do that. And it's through the inworkings of the Holy Spirit that we learn and actually even have a desire to learn the deeper things of Christ. And our knowledge of the Bible and our knowledge of what it teaches will influence the way that we look upon issues in the world. And without that, we're no better than the hardline secular list out here that's teaching, you know, evolution or the, the atheist that says there is no God. Without a true biblical worldview and salvation, we're no better than the, you know, worst heathen that's ever walked the face of the earth, whether, you, you know, you may not like to hear that, but that's the truth. I know a not, I know I I know a lot of nice people that do good works that you know try to help others, but I also know that they're not saved because they show no evidence of true salvation. They have no desire to know Christ. They have no desire of anything that Christ teaches. And the the sad reality is, no matter how nice they may appear, they're going to go to hell without salvation. I, I know several very, very nice Mormons. I know several very, very nice Muslims. But without Christ, when they die, they're going to go to hell. And that that is a, you know, like I said, that's the sad reality of it. it. It's not how nice or how good we are. It's what Christ has done for us, and have we received the gift of salvation? And far too many times, 
within American evangelicalism especially, they don't look at such such person as being in Christ. They look at the, the way that this person is living. They look at what they're saying. They're looking at what they're doing, and they think, well, okay, that must be a Christian. They don't necessarily believe in the same God that I do, but they believe in a God, so that's good enough. Without a biblical worldview, you don't understand how other people think and react when it comes to certain topics and situations. And you only get to that point by deep study in the Word of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, without Christ, we're no better than any, no better off than anyone else. We're not any better than anyone. But we, being in Christ, we are better off than, you know, our neighbor down the street that's practicing witchcraft or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, it's just some deep, deep issues we need to think. But I think we all should should start with praying for the Lord to bless us with a desire Mm -hmm. to study and to read His Word and bless us with the ability to make time and to take these issues serious and not just, you know, kind of a whim. Oh, you know, today's Wednesday. I better go read my Bible because I haven't read it since, you know, sometime last week. Mm-hmm. We need to make it part of our daily life because as a Christian, it is our daily life yep. to be in Christ and to be striving to be more like Christ as we walk the face of this earth. And the following, I didn't write it came from one of the karma articles but it says the closer you are to biblical beliefs the better able you will be to carry out the commission of our lord and savior to make disciples of all nations to glorify him and to understand his creation and i know you were going to link this there's about 25 different things listed here with bible references that explain like um 21 government is ordained by god and is god's provision for order and safety in society, and it references Romans thirteen one through seven, and John nineteen eleven. Um, the last one is all areas of life are Christian mission fields: political, medicine, science, art, literature, education, technology, family, economics, etc. And it references Genesis one twenty eight and Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. So um, I would encourage our listeners to especially this link, to, to click it and go through and use this maybe as a starting place to take these different issues and read and study these passages that are quoted as it applies to each one of these topics. Like the very first one is, there is a God. You know, start start there and, and read and go through. But I know we're running close on time, but I want to ask you, Chris, and I know we didn't discuss this in pre-show, so I may be throwing you under the bus again a little bit. But if someone asked, how do I apply biblical principles to my life, how would you respond? Well, it's it's funny because I was, I was actually thinking of something as you were speaking, and I think I can actually use something you uh, gave it, uh, an example of as an example of how we can do that. We You were talking about how, as Christians, sometimes we'll look at how a person's behaving. They're well. They're nice. They're kind. They they sure love their family. Maybe they're not a professing Christian, but boy, that 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 sounds godly to me. A a biblical worldview. If I if I, if I start with the understanding first and foremost that the 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 Word of God 
is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, all-sufficient Word of God. It's His direct revelation to me. And I study it as His revealed Word to me. Then I'm going to learn something about what a Christian actually is. I'm also going to learn something about God. God has attributes. God has attributes of kindness, compassion, love. And He communicates those those attributes to a lesser degree to us. There are, there are incommunicable attributes that God has. For example, he is eternal. We are not. Then there are communicable attributes like love. He, God is love and he communicates that attribute to us. So even a fallen being made in the image, and by the way, that's one of the things that uh, in this karma article you're talking about, that man is made in God's image. Because man is made in God's image, because he has certain attributes that have been communicated to him, even a fallen man can show kindness, compassion, love, do something that appears to be good. Those are communicated to God by uh, God to his creation. And God pours out the rain on the just and the unjust. So he is you know, uh, providing for all of us, even those who rebel and shake their fist at him, he still gives them air to breathe. He gives them water to drink, roof over their head, etc. If God communicates his attributes to some extent to us, if we are created in his image and likeness, if he pours out goodness on all of us to some extent, then it is not surprising that we would find someone who is not a Christian acting at least in some capacity, in a way that seems kind of nice. But that doesn't make them a Christian. So I can, I can rationally come to an understanding that this person is acting consistent with being imago Dei, being created in the image and likeness of God, with communicable attributes that God gives to his people. But I can also recognize that despite that, man is fallen, because of the you know Adam's sin in the garden, we are all fallen in Adam. We are all sinful. We all are you know re are wretched rebels before God, and there is only one means by which I am redeemed. It, what I do, even on a surface level, makes no difference in my eternal state. If I'm a nice guy to my neighbor, but I'm a heathen, then I'm still going to go to hell. And that's what a biblical worldview does. It helps me parse that issue out so I don't make foolish decisions about a person's eternal state, assuming they must be a Christian because they were nice to me or they're nice to their family. And I've known some Christians who were mean, so, well, maybe that works out in the wash. A Christian worldview fine-tunes your understanding of God's revelation so you make, uh, you can apply good decision-making in a biblical manner, and you can make decisions, uh, speak clearly, and act in accordance with the Word of God. So it helps you look at the world around you and see it through the eyes of God. Uh, I, I remember the phrase, I think it was, applied, it was attributed to Johann Kepler, thinking God's thoughts after him. In other words, we are looking at the world and thinking of it in the exact way that God would because and he's revealed it to us in his word. So we are thinking his thoughts after him because he's revealed them to us.
and we look at the world with the same thoughts, the same emotional state, the same, well, I can't say same because we're fallen, but we're we're working toward that. Let me, let me say that. We are trying to be conformed to the image of Christ so that we think, act, and speak in the way that God desires us to. And so that's how having a Christian worldview applies in your life. You're going to look at when it comes to, you know, we got elections coming up in November. Now, everybody's going to maybe approach that a little bit differently, but the, the, the more you understand the Word of God, the more you're going to make decisions that are consistent with the Word of God, because elections are not in the Bible. But we understand, as you were pointing out, Rich, that government is given by God, that government has certain authorities established by God. So when I choose to pull the lever, so to speak, or push the button or tap the screen anymore, my choices should be the person that I'm electing as closely as possible should be making decisions that represent a godly perspective on an issue. And I can't just dismiss, for example, somebody might say, well, this political party cares about the poor, so therefore that's in line with the biblical view, except that that political party is also saying it's okay to murder babies. Well, murdering babies is not something a Christian can support. Well, that's only one thing. It, that, that's a one issue. Yeah, that's a huge issue. Murder is a huge issue in the eyes of God. So we can't wipe out that issue by saying, well, they, they care about the poor, which is arguably a whole different uh, issue, which I would argue they don't really care about the poor, but we'll talk about that another time. Having a biblical worldview will help you look at the entirety of what that party represents and go, I don't think I can vote for you. Not, not if you're going to denounce the word of God. Not if you're going to promote immorality. Not if you're going to promote murder of children in the womb. Can't, can't support that. Because a biblical worldview makes that decision. A biblical worldview is going to tell you it's, it's not okay to beat your children because they interrupted your, you know, your Facebook time. Okay, that may seem obvious, but we hear about it all the time. Young families who, they're fiddling around on Facebook, they're, they're, they're FaceTiming, they're playing a video game, and the little child is begging for attention, and they shake the child, and now the baby dies. You know, and a biblical worldview is going to tell you your child has more value than Facebook or TV or video game or sporting event. And so you are commanded by God to pour your life into this child, to raise them up in, a, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's your job. So a biblical worldview impacts everything about how you live, how you think, what you say, and what you do. Is that answering the question you were asking, Rich? Yes, brother. I think that does a very very good job and there are going to be times to where say and you use the example of the election there are going to be times where if you apply biblical principles and you've got two choices and neither choice comes up and measures up according to the word of god this party is pro-abortion this party is against abortion but it still endorses same-sex marriage, it promotes homosexuality. Both of these are contrary to what, to what the Word of God teaches. So what do we do then? 
well, you know, if you vote for this party, you're voting for this sin. If you vote for this party, you're voting for this other sin. Sometimes the the choice is I have no choice, and you just simply don't vote. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, you know, cut and dry, more so than people want to admit, because they will excuse, when it comes to elections, they might excuse these two or three sins because they support things that we consider important to us, or they support, well, um, homosexuality is not as bad as abortion, so I'm going to go ahead and support this party, even though they, they're a little wonky on a few other issues. I mean, it it really come that would, you know, come down to an issue of conscience, and you may have to, if you're bound and determined that you're going to vote, then you'd have to examine which one of these two parties will govern and rule more closely to the Bible than, say, the other one. Um, sometimes the answers are not just cut and dry. You may have to dig and 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 pray about an issue or pray about a topic. You know, uh, voting for our next president that that should be considered a big issue mm-hmm. for people and not just a flip it. Well, uh, I just always vote this, so I'm going to do that. But there are going to be issues in our life that may not seem so cut and dry. But if you pray and search the scriptures, you will find an answer that will that will address the problem that you're facing. Um, sadly, though, instead of going to scripture, we seek out answers from other sources that are worldly sources. But as a Christian, our first response should always be, what does the Bible have to say about this? What does the Bible have to say about a situation that is somewhat relevant to this, that should always be our first response is no matter what the question, no matter what the issue is, we go to the Bible and we put our trust and faith in what the Word of God has to say about an issue, even if it is completely counter-opposite of what we want it to say. And that's the big problem. More times than not, people go to the Bible trying to find something that will excuse what they want to do, when in actuality the Bible's teaching them the opposite, and then that's a matter of submitting to the will and to the authority of God and not to our own wants and desires. Amen. Amen. So, to, to, to basically just kind of to, to wrap this up, because we want to continue to respect your time, that... The, the whole concept of a worldview, that idea of how we view the world around us, how we make our decisions, how we speak, how we act, has to be, has to be grounded in the Word of God. If we don't start with that as our premise, as the, you know, as the Focus on the Family article pointed out, you are faced with a daily deluge of worldly information. And no matter how enticing that may be or even what seems innocuous it's kind of like a steady drip over time it will create you know if you if you just leave your sink you know put the plug in the sink and let it drip just a little bit at a time you will eventually fill that sink and one day it will overflow it floods even though it's a tiny drip it will have an impact 
and a steady flow of information from the world that isn't being filtered through the lens of Scripture will eventually alter your view of the world around you. And we have seen that time and time and time again as professing churches and professing Christians compromise with the world. You know, we're seeing that. I mean, it wasn't long ago. I, I, I'm going to have, Rich, we may have to look into this one as a show topic. I know it wasn't all that long ago that Andy Stanley, a so-called Christian pastor, was telling people to unhitch the Old Testament. Well, I think I need to look into this one. I saw an article the other day that I didn't get, have a chance to read about him wanting to more or less unhitch Jesus from from the teaching. And I think it had to do with basically disconnecting the you know how he sees issues with the New Testament. That constant drip, that constant flow of the world's ideology into that man's life has influenced how he is now preaching. He has compromised consistently. I have no problem saying Andy Stanley is not a Bible teacher. Mandy Stanley is a false teacher. Because he does not see the Word of God as supreme in his worldview. He looks to the things of man and says, that's the most important thing I have to deal with. Not the Word of God. i got to deal with these objections from man. And that is a travesty. It should never happen inside a professing church. But it has happened constantly for decades. For, you know, for as long as we've, you know, uh, Rich and I, you, you, Rich, you and I have been doing this for six years uh, in, in, in over two different shows. And we barely can even scratch the surface of the decades and hundreds of years of heresy and false teaching that have been compromised because God's word was not held as supreme. And that must be the lens by which we view all of the world. We have said it before. The name of the, the reason the name of the show is Voice of Reason Radio is there is but one true voice of reason, and that is the word of God. So you must ground yourself in the Word of God. You must submit to Him in humility and in prayer. You must seek to obey Him in all areas of your life. And that means starting with a view of the world that is informed by His Word. Rich, any last thoughts as we let folks go? Just as I say most, not most, <laughs> during most shows in closing, whatever you do this week, make it a point to share the gospel at least once a day because especially now more than ever our world needs it amen amen folks thank you for joining with us on this first episode as a an affiliate member of the christian podcast community we hope this has been informative and hopefully it has been a a, a welcome diversion from the flood of just <laughs> terrible news we keep hearing. Uh, I think I, I keep saying my brains are the consistency of scrambled eggs these days because of the constant chaos. So hopefully this has been not only a welcome diversion, but something that has been informative and helpful to you. Uh, please, please, even though you listen to this program, and we are thankful for each and every one of you, check out the programs on the Christian podcast community. I assure you, you're going to find something you're going to like and it's going to edify you because there's solid stuff there. 
So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, we always ask that you pray for us. We are not experts. We're not scholars. We're not theologians. Please don't take everything we say as, as though it's the word of God itself. Compare everything we say with scripture. Tomorrow, when you go to church, be it live stream or in a parking lot or however you're doing it, that's where you're getting your source of information. That's your primary source of instruction. Submit to the teaching and authority of your elders. God has put them over you. Pray for them, especially in this time. It is such a, t a crazy time for them. This is not easy. Be praying for your pastors. And as we tell you each and every week, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Thank you. Good night. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.